what each of the books that I've chosen here is based on is you being single and going through the experience of being single now and not really being okay with it, not feeling like it's the right thing for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. I'm Chantelle Dyson, a love and life coach, helping single women to make the right decisions in their single life, whether that's living alone, dating or going on a solo trip. And this week, we are taking a deep dive into one of my favourite areas of personal development. I mean, all of this is personal development, but I don't think you can get much deeper in personal development than when you turn to self-help books. Self-help books have been the saviour of my life. They're the thing that started me off in this world. Back in 2019, I got divorced from my husband. In fact, at that point, it was just separation, but we were intending to divorce. Back then, there was no option for the no-fault divorce, so the only option we had thought we initially had was to wait two years. During that time, my life felt like it turned upside down. I had been with my ex from the age of 19 and I was then just turned 26. In that summer of 2019, life changed drastically back to the start again. It felt like being on the Monopoly board and being sent back to go or even snakes and ladders where that ladder on number 97 pulled you all the way back down. Although I was on a very small snakes and ladders board in the whole scheme of things when I really look at it now. In that time, I had to restart and contemplate everything that had come so far in my life because I had reached a point in my relationship of being one year married, of being unhappy or of being indifferent. It wasn't an unhappiness. It wasn't a depression. It wasn't that bad. It just wasn't right. And it was such a hard feeling to work with to then say, I need to get out of this relationship to do so. So when I moved back home, I reset my life. I knew that I was resetting my relationship. I wanted to keep certain things in that were stable. So the job was going to stay. I was thoroughly enjoying that at the time. So stayed in teaching, being ahead of year and kept pushing on for that. But everything else to me had come under question because one of the initial things that really triggered, is this right for me while still in the marriage, was the concept of children don't be fooled or the minute you get married people will talk to you about children and ultimately we did say we didn't want them but one particular family member had to be told quite sternly by another particular family member because they weren't listening to us that they weren't to mention it because it was getting on my nerves and it was not for comfortable conversation the pressure around it and at that time I didn't have the skills to say it much myself in a particular way that was stern enough or that just set the boundary and that's why another member did it that's what it was like but because of that realization and I don't know maybe it was just the pressure around it that really pushed me to think about it came I realized that I hadn't really thought about anything in my life and it was this feeling of being lost of not knowing who I was and having to start again so in that time naturally if you haven't observed it already but chances are probably because you're listening to this Some algorithm has caught up with you. So whether you found me via TikTok or Instagram or you just so happen to search single girl, I guess, on podcast and find this on Spotify, for example. The world has a funny way of getting this information to you to at least start you off. So one of my first things was 
seeing Jay Shetty videos. Jay Shetty's still one of my favourite creators and people that talk about personal development. If it weren't for him, I wouldn't be a life coach. If it weren't for him, I don't know what route. I think he would have found me some way, somehow. And that is how I started. I was actually through his podcast that I started a lot. But as a development of that, I delved into the books. Now, these are not all the books that I read at the start. I can tell you in another time if you want my specific book journey. I mean, it's going to be a record book journey, but I know that certain books I didn't buy until I was in this house. Whereas I know some of the books that I bought when I was at my mum's house for the first time. And so that was earlier in the order. I'll reference which ones roughly came where, but on reflection of my experience of using books, I do enjoy books more if they've got things to work through, though not all the ones that I'm going to talk about today do that. What each of the books that I've chosen here is based on is you being single and going through the experience of being single now and not really being okay with it, not feeling like it's the right thing for you. And that these five books, and I'll explain each why, can change your perspective, your understanding, and then your feeling. Some which have practical elements to them, whether that's just contemplative questions or actual things that they say, write this out for. I'll do a series on these over time. So this one is very much for if you're single and you're finding it difficult to know who you are and how to cope with being single. And the things that I think that when we're single, we feel we should be doing or be acknowledging as part of that. I'm going to give you five books. You don't have to read them all. You can read one. You can audiobook them. I would suggest audiobooking them. I used to love listening to a chapter on the way to work and a chapter on the way about whatever 25 minutes took. I have a whole bookshelf of personal development books. There are, there are, there's, no, there's not one fictional book on that shelf there. They're in rainbow order, of course. And some of them are unread because I just haven't had the time to read them all. But I do, I churn through them and I reread some of the old and I've read some of them twice, maybe even three times. But I'll do series on different aspects, whether it's self-love, whether it's specifically personal development, whether it is managing mental health. And I might need to read some before I get there. But this one is about single life. So we are going to kick off with the first book. And I do this as the first book because I believe it is the first book. And you could get away with only reading this book. This is The Unexpected Joy of Being Single by Catherine Gray. It talks straight away, the stat on the back, is over half of 25 to 44-year-olds are now single. It's become the norm to remain solo until much later in life. Many of us are choosing never to marry at all. But society, films, song lyrics and our parents are adamant that a happy ending has to be couple-shaped, that we're incomplete without an other half. And this book is what I find to be the most succinct at putting it all together. Catherine Gray puts together statistics, like you heard just then, around the number of people together. But it also gave me this context of how we've moved on in terms of women being able to be empowered more, to have their own rights. Talks about women's rights in general. Items like the statistics of... um, or the knowledge that women couldn't have their own bank account until something like the 70s or 80s. It talks about the statistics around marriage itself and talking about how if we've got over half of 25 to 44 year olds being single, then that is the norm, as we might call it. It's the majority. It would be the mode, the most common. And so then where does this belief come from? 
she talks about the idea of being a love addict, which starts to teeter on this idea of, I think, attachment theory, but the idea of being in love with love. And she recalls the story of how she gave herself time specifically away from love. She dedicated a season to not dating, to not being engaged with anybody else and to giving herself the time to establish who she was on her own, what she really wanted and who she really was. She started to form these ideas and just hearing her experience makes you start to question it. And I question in it. I've got my notes from when I read the book because I write in the books. I put she's avoided question mark or disorganized. Maybe I'm evaluating how she is and starting to understand what it is that she was experiencing or how I viewed some of the behavior that she describes. And I talk about this when I reflect myself. I felt this way. I think I agree with this. And it goes on. There's a, my favorite section of the book is one in which it questions or gives ideas for what we would say when people question us on our singleness. So the chapter is all about why are you single? If anyone wants to jump straight to it, it's in chapter five of the Demolishing Socially Constructed Single Fear and on page 116 of my book where she tackles the ideas of what people often say to us when they say, why are you single? So so one, for example, in this section is when I'm dating. So they say, it'll happen when you're not looking for it. And she wants to say in response is, you're so right. I shall stop meeting the gaze of any men and lock myself at home with some needlepoint. When she actually says, so I'm guessing you two didn't go on any dates. And it's this interesting element of how we can deal with the pressure of being single, of what we mentally are saying, because you're like, I have to go out there and proactively date if I'm going to find anyone in this world. It's really bringing on that camaraderie of what single life and the experience of single life is. Talks about the idea of our facility being a problem and, and how we fear that that's going to run out as well. There's a book that I'll recommend in another episode of this that directly sort of talks about the fertility a bit more. But that's the first book, The Unexpected Joy of Being Single by Catherine Gray. It sets the scene for all of single life, for looking at and debunking the myths around what it is to be single and gives you a lot of information. However, I think there's a next book that then follows up quite naturally, which is not written for anyone particularly single, but it then gives you the empowerment and inspiration that you need to step into your own. It also specifically addresses those more so that are female. I don't know if many men have taken from this book, but I feel it would be most appropriate for females wanting to step into themselves. And this is Untamed by Glennon Doyle, the subtitle being Stop Pleasing, Start Living. Untamed are a number of short and some very short chapters of Glennon Doyle grappling with the end of her marriage and how that came about. Now, that might not seem like the right kind of book for us if we're single, but hear me out. What it was is that made her contemplate her marriage ending was meeting somebody by pure chance and being electrified by that experience. Someone that I believe she's still with to this day from who I've seen on her social media posts. I believe it's the same person. And it talks about taking these leaps of faith, of becoming who you are fiercely inside of you and Part of her explanation of why she eventually 
goes down this route of leaving her husband and pursuing this other person is because she believes or describes experiences in which she recalls being told to fit a particular way of being. That as a woman, she needed to fit this social structure and follow along the way that she thought she was meant to, the way that she was told to. Not following necessarily intuition, but following outside influences. And it goes beyond that. It goes into stories of her children and the moments that they show up in particular ways in terms of bravery and intuition. It talks of different ideas of how you have to let things be broken down before they can be reconstructed again. And that's very much how I viewed my experience we can be tempted to feel that the end of a relationship is a failure of ourselves, that we have failed and that there's something wrong with us. But sometimes things have to fall apart so they can fall back together in a different way again. I can't remember if that's a quote from someone else. But there is this idea that some things have to come to an end so that we can move on. But Untamed is about stopping apologising for who you are and for stepping into you, even if that doesn't fit society's view of you and the way that you were brought up and expected to be. As it describes on the back of the book, Glennon decided to let go of the world's expectations of her and reclaim her true untamed self. And that book, it doesn't have things for you to work through, but it would then start getting you thinking about what it is that you want for your world and your life, particularly if you're newly single, then that's something you're going to be contemplating because your life is now starting over. Now, I didn't read that book till I was in this house, but it was one of those that really empowered me to step in and go, I'm going to be a cheater. Not a cheater like a dating cheater, cheater like an animal. And if you read the book, you'll know what I mean by that. Then the next book that I would suggest transitioning onto is a book that does have some exercise in it. And this is Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo, not written specifically for singles at all. But this book is all to do with facing adversity. Oh, it's even signed. I forgot I had it signed by her. I met her at Life Lessons at the Barbican, a great little event just before COVID. And there are many practical tools to getting you to your goals and addressing worries that you have as you go on. Particularly so did I take the exercise that's in this book, which is about knowing if something is right for you. And when I look it up, it's to do with the section on fear. The chapter is how to deal with the fear of anything. So this idea of the fear of being single, the fear of going to do things on your own as a single person. I've used and referred to this book quite often, particularly when I coach people as well. But knowing how to tell the difference between fear and intuition, knowing how to tell if something is right for you or not. She talks about this exercise where you gain presence with your body and you ask the question, does saying yes to this make me feel expansive or contracted? And I can't tell you how many times I've used this, but as someone that used to think a lot, but never feel as much, part of my work in terms of developing myself was to become more connected. And that exercise is one of those ones that I instinctively do. If I don't feel I want to do something, sometimes I need to explore why and think of how I'm going to communicate to someone else. But I love following my gut. So I knew I wanted to be able to quit my job before I quit my job. And I was resisting my internal intuition when it happened. Summer of 2021, 
I'd had my operation of my ovarian cyst, which was quite large, and I had started to learn more about business and marketing and I was loving it. I was only due back at work for a week or so because I'd been signed off for four or five weeks after the op because it was basically the same as a cesarean. And from even the time I'd been off to when I was going back, the conversations I was having were suggesting to me that this whole shift at school within the department was not something I was comfortable with. It didn't sound like it was with the vision that we had set before. It sounded like the new people coming in were changing that idea. And I just knew. And I tried to entertain it because I was like, well, it's only been a week. How can I know? I've got to wait until September till I get back. So I waited the whole summer. I had put it off. Thankfully, I really did just put it to the back of my mind. I didn't freak out about it too much. I was two to three days in September and I knew. I knew. I was. Try I said to myself, give it a week or two. And I couldn't stop this urge because I'd learned about this question. I had learned about following my intuition. And just through going through some of the practical strategies that Marie Forleo puts in the book, that's one that I come back to often. The same with any book that you read on self-help or any tools that you gain from coaching, you get rid of the ones, you forget about the ones that don't work for you or didn't have an effect. And you remember quite specifically the quotes and the exercises that really stick with you. And I can't tell you what all of these tabs mean, but it tells me that there's plenty for me to reread one day when I go through it again, which I inevitably will because it's a book I'm recommended to you because it's a book I would read again. All of these books I could pick up and go, I would read that. And obviously I've highlighted it, written in it and done things to the book that make this easier for me to just pick up on and to summarise what it was without having to read all of the detail. And some of them repeat. I've heard of confirmation bars before, you know, it's in that book. But this is one that I like to come back to for practical strategies when I'm thinking, how do I overcome something? How do I do this? How do I make sure what I want is what I really want? And it's an easy read. It's something to work through. So that's book number three. I'm giving you them in an order that I think would work best, but it's your book journey. Do it how you feel that you want to do. Next, we pause for what I call a little bit of light entertainment with this one. This is the book What a Time to Be Alone by Chidera Egaru, who goes by Slumflower on Instagram. Now, this book is a little different to the last ones because it is um, it's very differently presented. I'll show you a couple of the pages. So we have a little piece of text and then some sort of quote and some artwork, some graphic that goes with it. We've got this here. No matter what, always remember, you're allowed to change your mind about how you feel about other people. Now, What a Time to Be Alone is a book that, as it says on the back, celebrates you, but focuses on you following what you want. As it says here, trusting your own magic, be nice to yourself, go to Nando's, take walks along the river on your own. To me, it's quite poetic in the way that some of the pages work. And she tells little anecdotal stories of her family and the way she experiences the world, the pressures and so on. It's all about standing up for yourself and realising that being alone is empowering, that our self-worth is not built into our relationship status. And I can't describe the book beyond that so much because each page is different. It 
doesn't have chapters. It doesn't have structure. This is purely poetic in the way that it is. We have stop hanging out with people who and a whole load of ex talk over you in group conversations. They do not respect you. Who love to dump their problems on you whilst making no room to listen to yours. Who change the way they treat you when they're around people they want you to want to suck up to. All these different pointers of what things that you may be allowing in your life which are not serving you. And she has a second book as well, which I'll talk about in another series. But this is one that it's just an easy read. It's easy to flick through. It's something to contemplate. And another way to empower yourself without feeling that you have to be any better and without you having to get yourself into a relationship. It emphasises why you are already enough, which is exactly what it says on the front of the book cover. Lastly, we come to a book that is fairly new this year, so certainly wasn't on my own journey, but it is someone that I have the two previous books for, which will feature in other lists because they fit better elsewhere, even though I think one of them is really good, but we'll come to that another time. This book is by Vex King, and it's his latest book of this year. It came out in February 2023, and it is called Closer to Love. Now, you might think I might be raking the wrong call here by suggesting a book that is about love in a book when you're single because Chantel you go on about the fact that you don't have to be dating when you're single very true the beauty of this book much like my own message is that love isn't just experienced in the form of romantic connections and in order to attract the right relationship into your life you have to understand yourself understand other people and then understand love so the first section of this book is mastering the love to yourself the way that you play a part in your connections and it starts strongly with reference to attachment styles the minute I read part of this book I knew it was going to be helpful in that manner because it started talking about all the things that I had learned about and felt that so the reason I recommend this book is because I think it came too late for me and I wish it had been one of the first that I read. I almost think I should have scaled in hindsight because I haven't read it in the right order per se. I'm going by what I experienced. However, I wonder if this could be as high up as Catherine Gray in terms of the order. And I might even suggest now that this is not book number five. I might suggest this is book number one or two, depending if you're feeling particularly down about yourself. This comes first. If you want to just start to open up your mind to single life being good and you have a good sense of self and confidence otherwise, then stick with Catherine Gray first. But this one is there if you need to start cultivating a sense of self-love for yourself and you're still interested in having a relationship with someone else. Now, you can have that desire anyway. Just because you're single doesn't mean that you don't one day have a desire for a romantic relationship, a long-term committed partnership, or just interactions with other people that are romantic and sexual. That's fine. But whatever intent you have for that intimate relationship is that you want to know that it's right for you. And this book, Vex King's book, allows you to connect with it so far. So when I read it in the state that I'm in, predominantly so, I am reading it from a point where I already know a lot of what this covers. I feel that I've read it and chipped away at it through oh, countless books, endless podcasts, reading various articles and through coaching other people and understanding 
how their lives work in terms of being single and the feelings they go through. But what's good about Vex King's book is that it summarises each chapter and makes it really easy to recall. So even if you read it once and then you don't want to have to read it again, you could go back to the chapter summaries, the key insights as he calls them, and just recap on what it is that that chapter covered and then you can see if it's something that you want to write. But a well-structured book that gets you thinking about love for yourself and then later love of others rather than pushing down the route of how to date somebody and making sure you get yourself into a relationship by using lots of hooks and gimmicks to do so. So those are the five books. I'll just recap. So you've got The Unexpected Joy of Being Single by Catherine Gray, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo, What a Time to Be Alone by Chidera Egro slash The Sunflower on Instagram, and Close to Love by Vex King. You'll also notice that four of those five are female authors, which I think was really important in this instance. Many of my books are written by men, but that's mostly the personal development world. And when it comes to The Single Girl's Guide to Life and coming up with the first series of this, the five books that I recommend if you're single, I think given knowing you guys particularly so, it's important to make sure there is a balance of that in the female representation. That won't always be the case. Sometimes it will fall between a bit more of an even split or maybe even go more male heavy. But in this instance, I think for people that are women and trying to understand and be okay with being single, that perspective is particularly important. If you're ever finding that you're reading one of those book recommendations, take a picture, tag me in it and let me know that the reason you're reading it is because you listened to this podcast episode. Or if you finish it, take a picture of it, tell me what your biggest takeaway was and tag me in it too. You might have already read it and you might agree that it's one of the ones that really mattered to you. Whatever you do, drop me a message or tag me on your Instagram stories so that I can see what you're getting up to. Until then, everybody, keep celebrating single life together.